so tight I could barely breathe from this vision like my mind my heart tied up in this vision I had to use both but like I said this spiritual warfare can be prayed away but um so in this vision I am with my sister but before that I was by myself a few times I was running through houses and sneaking around houses and people were there like that's a dangerous game people were there and I was sneaking past them hiding behind walls and um ducking and know why they why they coming out this door through this walkway i'm on the other side of the wall ducking and oh it was so crazy but it's like i'm doing all this to it felt like i was spying on somebody to spy on somebody and um i don't know what i was taking i would always i would never leave nothing in my hand so i must have been taking information I was stealing though, and I know, cause it's like it feel like God give me a rundown on my charges <laughs> after the vision. But um, or during the vision, but um, I'm in. I am in people's houses. You know, around my neighborhood or I don't know if I was a different different neighborhood sometimes. But all I know is I'm just playing such a dangerous game. Because I am sneaking around their house while they in the house. While they living their life and doing them. Not suspecting no one to be sneaking around them. Not suspecting no one who ain't meant to be there not to be there. And I'm spying on them. And I ain't no spy, no government spying, dressed up or nothing like that. But, you know, spy is spy. A spy is a spy. And that's, a, that's something I'm definitely going to enjoy. Like, delving into mentally, just thinking about that. But, yes, a spy is a spy. It's hood spies. Rich spies. Government spies. All kinds of spies. They're all spies. You know. I wouldn't discredit none of them. So. I was dressed in regular clothes. And it almost just seemed like. You know. I'm just. I'm just. Somebody from the neighborhood. But I'm spying on people. So it's dangerous. Now. It ain't like it's no big sting operation. But. It is. You know, it is valuable information or it is very, like, sensitive information. So, 
It's it's dangerous what I'm doing. But I'm sneaking around people's house. I don't know why. I want nobody to hear this and say, oh, this is what you do. This is the kind of stuff you do because you talk about in your visions how usually you have visions about stuff that you do or have done or multiple versions of yourself and no sometimes these visions are things i've thought of doing or just you know sometimes not even things i ever even thought of doing or otherwise would do it's just god wants me to see something so i'm sneaking around and i'm hiding behind walls and as I'm hiding behind these walls, people, they walking through their house on the phone, you know, just doing them, living their life. And as they walking through, I'm just, I'm so sneaky and I can't be caught. So, like, I can be caught, but in my mind, I can't be caught. So that's how much is online for me. And I always wonder what it's like for people who sneak around like that. You can even sneak around while somebody is like five feet away from you. And I realized, like, how do they get away with this stuff? Like, how are they so sneaky to not be caught and then so bold to do something like that? And I realized, like, when you when it's that much on the line that you can't be caught, you don't get caught, you know? Because that's dangerous. That is dangerous. So, it's way more, you know, of a risk you taking when you can't be caught. When you just playing or when you just doing stuff and if you get caught, well, you know, it ain't, it ain't big, you know, it ain't a big deal. Then maybe you'll get caught. But when you can't be caught, like, yeah, you're not getting, like, it, What's going to happen if I get caught? Okay, so that's why I'm not getting caught. So, I'm sneaking around, and it's not like me. I'm not sneaky. I don't feel like I'm sneaky. But what what this vision showed me is that I do or can otherwise have a sneaky side. I do not tap into it because something feels so wrong about doing sneaky stuff and getting good at being sneaky. It feels deceitful. It feels dirty. And, like, I feel like I'm betraying God, you know, to get sneaky. It feels like I'm betraying God. Like, if I, if I keep learning how to be sneaky, am I going to feel like I need to sneak around my repentance or sneak around, you know, being brought to righteousness one day? I'm going to be too sneaky to even... Be able to truly learn what it's like to be really 100% honest. Because I ain't got so sneaky. And the funny thing about it is you might think that it's no. Anybody can be brought to repentance. God can, you know, reach anybody's heart. But I feel that this is God telling me this. Like this type of stuff, it darkens your heart. It blackens your heart. It really squeezes you, you know, of... You know, you're like when you where you ultimately land when it comes to if you ever did want to be a better person, where you ultimately land, you end up lesser than you would be. You know, the more you indulge in these type of things that that really like taint your heart, 
but oh man it didn't like I can't say it didn't feel right because like if it didn't like for for me to say it didn't feel right that feeling is different when I usually talk about what didn't feel right this feeling was more like I know I'm wrong and this ain't me but you know I still am gonna do it because like for some reason I guess it just gotta be done it don't got to be done. Nothing, like I said, it's a choice and everything. But, like, in this vision, I'm sent by somebody and I got, excuse me, I got to do it. Yeah, But, yes, it's still a choice. So, I didn't got, I didn't have to do it, but, yes, I have to do it. Um sneak around people's houses and you know I I get scared a little bit because in the vision it's like it's it's almost like it's like default by default you know like if you're playing a video game and you nothing you press on the controller worked it and no matter what they still you know do certain things or hit certain targets even without you playing on a video game like when it's when the video game is automatically playing like it's just playing itself I guess I don't know it's by default I don't know which word I'm looking for but it's just it's already preset like it's 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 preset that's when you play in the game but that's what it feel like it's really mostly going on, but I can I can change certain things. But I'm really just almost just observing, really just watching. And while I'm doing, so I don't know how I hope that was confusing. But as I'm going through the house, you know, I get the opportunity to change something and actually do it myself. You know, because at this point, like I said, I'm not doing this really, but I am doing it. And I didn't want to do it because I was like, if I actually do, even though I'm learning something from this vision, if I really take something away from this with me, like if I really put my real effort into being sneaky, because like I said, I can be sneaky, I am just not, then I'll actually become sneaky. And it's a, it's, I'm not explaining, but it's like this little piece of me that's like accessible. You can access that. You can do that if you want to do it. And, you know, I'm really starting to question whether I should really do stuff like that anyways. Just because you never know what you have to use it for. And you never know when you need to practice this. Just for survival skills or just to have it. Like, I never was opposed to knowledge. You know, just to know, just to have you never know what to use it for. Even if it seems like it's knowledge for the wrong things, you you could use it for good. You could use it for right. You never know when you'll need that. So I've never been opposed to at least just going off and venturing off into that anyways to like, you know, 
that's a survival skill. When you do stuff anyways, when you learn stuff anyways, that's a survival skill because, you know, maybe you'll use it for bad, but who knows if you'll need that to save your life. So, I'm sneaking around, but I don't want to tap into this little sneaky side of me. Like, for real, for real, I would, I don't know. It's a it's like a a part of my mind that it feel like God is knocking on. Like that's the key right there. When you feel like you're right or you feel like you know everything, you won't even bother. And you never know what's over there on that side, but I ain't gonna tell you. You gotta see for yourself. It might be good, might be bad. You know, might be both, but you know, I won't even try. That's not good. That's not good. That's lightweight. Um, scary. That's scary, and it's um. You never know what you're depriving yourself of, what kind of knowledge or skill you're depriving yourself of. So I won't condemn nobody for doing that. I would just say like that's why the reasons why I didn't do it. It didn't feel right. It don't feel right to be sneaky. I don't want to practice that and make that perfect. You know, I know how to be sneaky if I wanted to be sneaky, but something, something in me really shifts when I be when I do sneaky stuff, or when I teach myself to do sneaky stuff. And you know, a survival skill is also knowing. You know, what not to indulge in and what to. If you if you know you can be, that's that might even be just enough. You know, don't mean you gotta do it. But um like I said it's there, but I don't wanna I don't wanna even help. I'm not about to help. So looking back, who knows if I had helped what I would have learned and that's the one thing I always said, like it might be worth taking that risk. You never know what you learn. Sometimes you get good things out of it. So I don't know, you know. But at the same time, I don't regret my decision. I don't. I could. I don't know. Anyways, I'm sneaking around people's houses, and I'm a spy. And I'm just like, it's weird. Cause it's like the movies. When you're on one side of the wall, they're on the other side. When they coming through one door, you're going through the other one. And you like, bouncing back and forth. And you, you know, I'm jumping here, I'm jumping there. You know, don't get caught, and I'm just by the nick of time not getting caught. And, you know, that's invigorating to some people. Some people get a rush out of that, but it drove, it drives me crazy. Crazy. Like, I'll be like, whoo, like, that was so close. I can't do it. I'll be ready to faint. Like, I might have a heart attack or something. But I do this a few times to a few different houses. And I just feel, I, I feel like so wrong. Like, cause I'm putting myself in their shoes. Like, do you know what I would do? If I'm walking in my house, my home, my family here, and somebody's sneaking around, and you right underneath my nose, and you, you just missing, you just missing me catching you, and you, you know, you still getting away with it. Like, ooh, you could die. You could die. For real, you that's a dangerous game. Cause somebody, you know, find out 
that kind of stuff going on and they 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 feel unsafe forever like they feel like their family's lives were put in jeopardy they it don't matter what you was doing you you do that and you get away with it ain't no telling what you come back and do next time if you felt like you could get away with it i don't know <laughs> i don't know i just know uh uh-uh. uh I don't know, but um, all I know is, you know, some people get a kick out of that. I don't. But this last house, I was with my sister, and we're sneaking around, and she like be on the lookout, be on the lookout. We sneak past this this girl while she on her computer talking on the phone. You know, just snuck right past her in her house. You know, lights on, middle of the day. And I just felt like, what? who do we think we are? Who do we think we are? Oh, my goodness. And then her her brothers are there. And it might have been it might have been some drug activity going on in their house, but that's not what we were spying on. I don't know what we were spying on. But um, we sneaking past walls, ducking and dodging. And... Both of us getting away by the nick of time. And my sister's just a little better at it than me. So, like, when I'm getting anxious and scared, I don't know if I can do it. I'm too scared. I'm going to get caught. She, like, all right, go. Like, all right, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Like, helping me. Like, guiding me. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, I don't want to get caught, so I just ain't going to get caught then, you know, taking that risk. And, man, dangerous. So the girl, she she starts sensing somebody behind her. I noticed as we got that, it's a, uh, our, our instinct. When you sense somebody there, even if you can't catch them, you sense it. You feel like somebody just ran past you. But even though you can't catch them, and, and we wasn't being caught, like in a nigga time, we know, you know. She just missed you. But all I know is, you know, she hurried up and turned her head around. Like, what was that? She didn't hear nothing. She just felt it. And I realized, like, she getting anxious and it started getting more, like, risky. And I started feeling more bad for her. Like, cause she just, like, she know her brother's here. So she probably just, you know, writing it off like, oh, maybe it's my brother. Or maybe I'm tripping because it couldn't be her brother. She just seen him go upstairs. We just seen him go upstairs. We just dodged him too. But um, for whatever reason, we run from around this wall. And we do manage to get around her. She didn't catch us. And the brother upstairs didn't catch us, but on our way out, somebody was coming in, and they caught us. And when they caught us, they was like, oh, no, you it. Who? Like, whoever sent us, they was like, oh, no, that's, you know, we was about to run. And then they was like, uh-uh, they were such and such. We got to get them. We can't let them go because of who it was, like. Like, see, shoot on sight. <laughs> it was shoot on sight for who it was that we was with or for. And that's why it's dangerous. And 
they put out their guns and they just start shooting at us. I looked up and I saw it looked like my sister got shot in her leg or arm. And all these, a couple, you know, some dudes ran up to the house. As soon as they realized the people in the house in danger. And then it was a dude with us. And they all started shooting. Oh, my goodness. When I saw this, I just, my heart just, oh, my goodness, dropped. And I didn't know what to do. And I just heard, if you don't know what to do, drop to your knees and pray. So I just dropped to my knees, and I'm just like, Jesus, help us, Jesus, help us, Jesus, help us, Jesus, help us. I wasn't supposed to get back up off my knees. I was supposed to trust them. But, you know, in the nick of time, I'm like, but still get up and run. So I dropped to my knees, Jesus, help us, Jesus, help us. And then when I opened my eyes real quick, I'm like, but I got to still get up and run because they still shooting. You know, they didn't notice I had dropped to my knees. They was too busy shooting, and it looked like they had, like, like time froze. Like, it bought me some time to, to drop down and pray. But, like, that's what I expected. Like, God is is amazing. He really is, even though it's just a vision. I don't doubt that this is very possible in real life. But I get up. I jump back up off my knees from praying and I see an opening so I'm I run I I jet you know through this opening where my sister is running already but it don't matter where you run right now it's too close range and everybody's going to get shot so that's why I pray because I'm like ain't no way out of this we gonna die but um, I I snatched a a a thirty eight out of somebody's hand. I snatched it cause I'm like he right here. When I dropped to my knees to pray, I snatched his gun, but I prayed instead though. So I feel like that was an example of kind of like how I've been doing things, and I still need to be careful with that because what do I need a gun for if I'm if I want Jesus to help? You know, how you think Jesus feel? You drop to your knees and you acting like you're depending on him for everything and to, you know, for a supernatural move. But you got a gun in your hand just in case he don't work out. Like, you got to really trust God 100% in whatever you do if you ever expect a miracle like that. I mean, not always. He going to come through. He love you. But I just realized how offensive that is to God, you know. Use your backup plan. You don't need me. What you got a gun for? So it wasn't 100% trusting him if I had taken that gun. But I ain't plan on using it. So he was like, all right, it's okay. And when I jumped back up, I realized I could have used the gun. And, you know, just to make sure nobody get hurt. But I ain't plan on killing nobody, so I said run. And I had the gun still in my hand when I was running. Again, I'm hitting a corner, and time froze again. Like, 
you still got that gun in your hand, you gonna take the gun. I'm like, no, I'm keeping the gun. <laughs> Already got it. I'm keeping it. And then somebody was like, you keep that gun, you gonna die. And so, all this happened in a split second. But I'm, I'm still keeping it. I, I take my chances. I'm, you know, I think I'm getting away, or if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And then that's when somebody snatched the gun in my hand, and I, I managed to get away with my life, just because I dropped the gun. The reason why is because as I was running away, I looked like less of a threat without a gun in my hand than with one. Especially seeing I had just snatched it out of their hand. So, so many lessons. So many lessons in this vision. But all I know is the guy who snatched a gun out of my hand in the nick of time and made me drop it, he ended up shot dead on the ground. I got away with my life. And my sister, I thought I saw her at first dead on the ground. But when I look back again, it was the guy. So I don't know if my sister got away, ran the other way or whatever. But it was dangerous. It was dangerous. I woke up like, man, these dreams, these visions. But I, I think the message is clear in that. But... You know, I was trying to find, you know, a message that maybe might not be so obvious in it. And I felt like that probably was that I'm always trying to have a backup plan on God. Like, you got to let his plan be everything. You got to trust him for everything. And sometimes little do we know that backup plan is the very reason we don't make it out of our life. Or that backup plan is the very reason we don't. You know, we don't see a 100% move of God because it's by God, his, it's by God grace alone. I even made it out where everybody else died. I saw three dead bodies on the ground. And I couldn't do nothing but cry. And I started to keep running because I knew they was still, it was still a shooter. You know, still shooting. I said, if I stop to go cry over this body. I wanted to cry over the guy who snatched the gun out of my hand and saved my life right before he died. And I wanted to run. But I didn't, you know, because I was like, I'm going to get shot. If I stay here, they're going to just kill me. But then I thought maybe they won't kill me because... You know, they already shot everybody. I'm not a threat if I'm just crying over somebody's body at this point. It's done. But you don't know. Somebody might be like, nope, killers who still. But um, especially with what I was doing. But they had already shot the threat. So, you know, I actually went to go cry over his body. But I woke up right before I actually got to it. But, um... It's amazing how I'm getting these little, like, stop chances to decide what I really would rather do if it would be a better idea, which makes me don't trust these visions. Party don't trust them. I just feel like it's a reason why God has me here. Um, I feel better now, but when I woke up, oh, my goodness. I just felt like I can't take too much more. It is my heart, man. My heart and my mind because 
I had to really use my mind in this vision, even though it's like mostly by default. I had to really use my mind in this vision when it felt like, you know, I had to survive. I can't die. So. I still wasn't using it because I should have put that gun down. And I kind of feel that now. Like, all the things I would be doing wrong in the eyes of God, if I ever expected him to step in for me, I need need to really get this right now because maybe that's why I'm not getting a breakthrough I want right now. Maybe that's why things are still the way that they are right now. Maybe that's why I'm still in this situation you know, a whole year later, because there's certain things I'm holding on to that God is telling me to let go of. And it's because I feel like, you know, part of me must don't trust him as much as I should. If I want to be where I want to be, I can't, I want to say I can't have my cake and eat it too. I feel like I'll be speaking too soon. But I don't know. Who knows? Does feel like, you know, it's offensive to God, you know. When he's showing me everything he's doing, he's showing me his power even despite my doubts. And I still have them. Like, that's offensive. But um, that's my vision. Don't be sneaky. Like I said, you know, and I know I must have got this from God. You got to be careful out here. Somebody catch you around here doing that kind of stuff that you think you, like, invincible or something. Or, like, you can get away with something like that. Like, when you just know you way out of pocket, you might die. Okay. So, I just want to come on here and talk about a few things that I was dealing with today and what's been going on. So... When I woke up this morning, I prayed, read my Bible, listened to gospel, like usual. Even though yesterday night, I felt like God was trying to say, like, you're supposed to be fasting, you're not supposed to be eating. And he's been saying that, and I hear him, and I think I feel like I heard him say, if you don't fast and pray and do what I'm telling you to do, you're not going to make it out of this situation I believe you know 100% that could be something that he's saying I just don't believe that you know God will fail me I don't I don't believe God will fail me and I'm not I'm trying my best not to make it seem as if I'm taking advantage of the fact that he'll always he'll, he's going to make sure I make out this situation because I know that it's going to require you know it's going to require my, you know, being obedient to what he's telling me to do in order for me to make it out of this situation. But I just feel like a lot of times when I'm hearing you're not going to make it or if you're doing this, you're, you know, it's not going to work or like all this, all this negativity, like, do this, do that, all this, all these things people are telling me and, and saying. Every time they tell me to say, you know, they tell me, like, to leave, to move. 
to run, to give up, all the stuff that they say. They do it daily, all day, every day. They've been doing it for two years now. And yes, I've questioned why it feels like, you know, I'm not out of this. Why I've questioned why I'm not out of this situation yet. And why does it feel like God is, you know, allowing this to happen? Obviously, I understand, like, this This is not happening to people in this world. And this, this is not a situation that, you know, had to happen or has to happen, per se. But I just question the validity and all of the I can't do. I can't do it. I won't make it talk. Like, that for me is Satan, you know. Another thing, like, that's on a lighter note. Another thing is the fact that, you know, they are being used. And they, you know, are adamant about how they're not being used. And even yesterday, you know, I was like, I felt like I was fighting the entire time I was cooking. And I felt like that was due to not fasting, of course. Because when it comes down to it, yes, you know, they are, they are doing what they're doing, but... God is in control of everything. Like, even the Bible says that, like, you know, I want to quote specific scripture, but I don't want to mess it up. But God will, you know, see the pattern and how we think or what our hearts want. And then he'll, like, he'll pretty much just let us, he'll lead us into, he won't lead us, but he'll, he is in control of us doing it. So, like, he'll send a spirit and the spirit will entice us or make us do whatever it is we've been doing. So it's not like he's controlling us. It's just he's, you know, handing us over to our sin. The Bible says he'll hand us over to our sin. But I know he's in control of everything. And I under I, I, I noticed a pattern. Like, it's it starts in the mind. It starts in my thoughts, even though the the Bible says it happens in the natural then it it um translates to the spirit or the spirit realm but i noticed a pattern once i decide that i don't want to fast or i decide that i don't want to do something then that's when different things are happening like people start getting out of hand and different things like spiritually and physically start happening to me and then when I decide that I'm going to fast or when I decide that I'm going to pray or decide that I'm going to worship, then, you know, different things start happening spiritually and physically, like in the way that I want them to or in the way that I am praying for. But like the telling me that I'm not going to make it or it's not going to work that way. It's almost as if like I'm being enticed into taking another option out. And I don't feel that's for me for many reasons. One, because they don't care. They don't care about me. Clearly, they do not care about me if they are participating in anything destructive in my life or demonic. Second of all, you know, how would they know when... I'm fighting in the spirit, and a lot of times I have to fight demons off of them. Like, I I catch it sometimes. I can't hear everything, but sometimes I catch, you know, as I'm fighting and praising God, I'll catch the fact that I'm fighting one individual or just Satan in general. 
And I was like, I know that's you. And then they'll, then whoever it is will come out of an entire group of people or a per- the person that thinks that they're doing this on their own. Like they're being controlled and they think that they're doing it on their own. They're like, you know, this is our choice. We're choosing this. And then it takes for me to ignore that, fight past that, keep fighting towards God and get to a closer place with him to realize like, you know, they don't have control over their actions. Somebody is using them just as well as they will be using me or tend to use me every time I'm not fasting, praying, or worshiping God. So if I decide to move or leave, what would I be leaving? You know, I'll first of all, I'll be leaving an assignment that God put me on. Second of all, I would definitely be you know, they're, they're saying they could take my power. I know that that is not true. They cannot take my power because they don't have any power. God has made that very clear. But at the same time, I realized that if God is in control and if I'm fighting for my power, that's what he wants me to do. And if I leave, you know, I don't believe that anything he's instilled in me, he can take, God gives and God takes, you know. But I don't believe that he is going to take away, you know, his presence, his, his, you know, his love for me. He's going to be merciful. He's going to be gracious to me. But just like Jonah, when he tells you to do something, when he sends you to help people, you have to do it. And no matter where you go or how you run away from it, it's all, you're always going to be led back to finish that task. Because, no, you know, I, that's why I really relate to Jonah in so many different ways, because... Jonah, he didn't feel like these people were worthy of God's mercy or grace. And I don't feel like that. I feel like everybody's worthy of God's mercy and grace. I actually encourage it. And I, you know, I volunteer. I would rather or I would I would hope in my heart, if my heart is translating correctly, which it does with God, that I volunteer for these people so that they can experience God's mercy and grace. That's what my prayers are about. That's what they've been about for years. And that's why I have this assignment. I know that. But when, you know, I'm actually in a situation, I don't want to say it's a different story. It's just a battle with the flesh. And my flesh is, like, so, like, tired and really just wanting to at least get, like, five minutes break or, you know, just wanting to get a rest from it. But I can't rest from it because when I rest from it, I end up doing all the work for all the times I took a rest for and then some, or maybe it'll never, I'll never get it back. Or maybe I've, you know, I've allowed something to happen that you can't take back. So when I had seen the word about people being deprived because of my, for because of my lacking or just being selfish, like I knew that word was for me because that's what God's been saying this whole time. Like, he's showing me that he's he's demonstrating, you know, the deprivation. He's he's demonstrated it in myself. And I'm fighting hard for me, but I fight harder for others. So when he's demonstrating it in myself, that's not enough for me. It isn't. I'll fight hard, it really hard for me. But when I hear or see or notice that other people are being deprived because of me and my selfish actions... I always fight harder and I always take it harder and I always am harder on myself. So he's, 
you know, demonstrating that in so many different ways. Other people are being affected. Other people are being hurt. People I love. I love everybody, so just people in general. And that's what hurts me the most, if anything. And I can't say that's what it was. It's what hurts me the most, but what really, really hurts me more than anything is disappointing God and letting him down. So even when I feel like, you know, forget that, you know, they just going to have to be deprived. I can't handle this. I can't do this. What really tugs on my heart and really makes me feel like I can't be like I'm not myself or I can't be me or I can't do this. I can't live without God. I can't do this without God. It's the disappointment in letting him down. And when he gave me this assignment, he told me the he told me the conclusion like he told me how this ends so I know how it ends but like I said it's different when you're in it so as as the spirit is willing when the flesh is weak and as much as my heart wants to fight so hard and get done with everything as much as my heart just wants to ignore and persevere and be more like Jesus who was unoffended by everything that people did when they rejected him and when they crucified him. He was hurt, but he was he didn't allow that to, you know, hinder or stop his mission to save and die for everybody and die for the forgiveness of all of our sins. So as much as I want to do that, a lot of times I am just like I am making the same mistakes, habitual sin, backsliding, and not living up to that. So earlier today, I don't know what's really going on, but what it seems like is going on is I complete this mission and people are saved. But what's on the line if I don't, which I don't usually consider this because I feel like it you should, it shouldn't be considered if I don't, I will. God said I will, and God does not tell a lie. But what's been told to me is that, you know, either I'll take, somebody will take my power, I'll be left with nothing, or in certain circumstances when, you know, because it, it, it fluctuates, you know, when I'm not fighting at all, when I give up. You know, it's more like you just have nothing or you'll just be left in the place that you're in or it fluctuates depending on how hard I'm fighting that day or however they just like they feel like if I won't settle for less than that, then then they try to get me to settle for more. And it's like levels to it. But they'll try to get me to settle for that. And then I've heard when I'm like fighting my hardest for God, I've heard like, you know, you get a baby out of it from a rapper and I've even heard, like, you don't have a choice in this matter. And I can't really determine, you know, when I'm fighting my hardest because it's good that I can't, though, because I don't ever want to be enticed to to feel like, okay, today I'm going to fight my hardest so I can settle for that today and end up with that. No, it's like it's really not intentional at all. It really just happens. And I don't even notice that they're this much affected. But I realize I've noticed this and picked up on this, that when they're offering me certain things, that's when God is doing different things. That is putting fear in her heart and fear that, you know, you know, we might actually lose or I don't think we might actually win this or like like we don't want it to go that way. So we might as well get her to settle. 
what scares me is, excuse me, of course, God's given us free will. But he placed me on this assignment and he gave me a prophecy. And he told me how this is going to end. But yet still, if they feel like they can get me to settle for things, is it a possibility that that can happen too? And that always brings me back to this testimony I heard of this man who was a professional football player, but I think he's a coach, just a coach now. And he said that when he was in church, when he was a kid, one day, he just fell on his knee, fell on his face in in church for the Lord while everybody was falling on their face and just praising God and caught by the Holy Spirit, caught up by the Holy Spirit. And when he fell on his face, he had visited heaven. God visited, God, an angel took him to heaven. When he was in heaven, he saw a room full of big gold trophies that were like all different kinds of things. Some were like, you know, football and others were like, you know, tennis and stuff like that. And when he got back, he didn't understand what that meant, you know. And his grandmother interpreted it for him. And she said that... um her interpretation of it was, and he said to his grandmother, heaven is messy. And she said, no, what happens is these are people's dreams. These are people's, you know, um, purposes and destinies. And when people turn away from God or when they give up on their purpose and their destiny in life, it gets sent back up to heaven. And that's what all these trophies in this big room was. That's why it looks so messy. Because there's so many people who are settling and giving up on having a purpose and a destiny. And giving up on their purpose and destiny even when God has revealed it to them. Or giving up on God in general. And so it's sent back up to heaven. And they're all just sitting there. And like that's devastating to God because he wants the best for us. But Satan is tricking us into settling for jobs. You know, that we think pay well, but it's never worth. There's no amount of money in the world worth your purpose or your destiny. You look around, you see people working jobs, and then there's so many different people who will criticize you while you're fighting for your purpose and your destiny, saying that you're a bum or that you don't know what you're doing or that you're dumb or that, you know, you're a lost cause, like you're never going to amount to anything while you're fighting for your purpose and destiny. Because a lot of times for so long, you know, it just takes that faith and that being able to see it and that trust in God in order to actually get that, you know. And meanwhile, while you're telling people that you know it's going to happen or you see it happening, so many different people just can't see what you see or they don't believe in you or they gave up on their dreams. So they want you to give up on yours. And so that causes people to, some people, this is, this is my, now I'm venturing off into my opinion on it. I feel like because people have given up on theirs or they just don't believe or see yours, they weigh down on you. They start to weigh on you. The longer that you're waiting and you get more disappointed and you wonder why it hasn't happened for you yet. But, you know, it always gets the hardest right before you get it. And so many people end right there. So many people stop right there. So many people lose right there because they give up and they say, you know, I can't handle this or it's not working or it's not, I'm not never going to have that. And they give up right before their treasure. And, you know, it scares me. This part is scaring me so bad right now because I feel, I know I'm in that season, but 
you know, I'm fighting through. God is fighting for me and he's fighting me through this because he really wants me to have this. And I love the favor that I have because God, you know, he doesn't have to guide me so much. He doesn't have to, you know, choose me so much. He doesn't have to. I want to say so much. He chose me. That's that. But he doesn't have to look out for me as much as he looks out for me. I know there are people in this world that he tells them he does his best for them. He does everything he can for everybody. But, you know, he doesn't warn them as much as he's warning me. I have so much mercy and so much grace. He warns me so much. And he's like, like he's carrying this with me every step of the way. And I know that he does this for all of his favorite children, all of his children, period. But I just... God wouldn't tell me or or ex, or expose to me that you know there are situations where this much mercy and grace isn't even shown if that weren't true and I realized you know I don't want to be I want to be careful because I know that he always he's merciful and gracious to everybody he's a merciful and gracious God he's there for everybody he does everything he can for them I can't speak for their character I can't speak for their personalities and what made them you know, not fight for their purpose or destiny or keep going. But I can say what I have seen, if I am not mistaken, is that, you know, it it's about losing faith in God. Without him, you cannot do it. You can't do it without him. So it's it might have a lot to do with feeling like you have to do it on your own. Or, you know, feeling like if you feel like God is taking too long or he may not do it for you or your prayers aren't being answered or you feel like what he wants for you is not what you want for you or you want something else or Satan has enticed you into something more selfish and vain. It may not even be selfish, but just something else other than God, what God is leading and guiding you to do. Because sometimes we have plans for ourselves and God has a better plan, but we just can't see it for ourselves yet. It takes trusting him. That might be the disconnect. And in this situation, I've noticed, like, what scares me the most is how many people and how many, you know, different experiences I've had with people really willing to fight so hard for to get me to settle for and knowing that I would have better, knowing that what God has for me, what God wants me to have is so much bigger and greater. Or they will torture me and tear me down so that I want to give up on my dream and they will they will really try and convince me and trick me out of my dream or try and give me a counterfeit or try and get me to settle for less like so many people has have done that if not everybody and that scares me because you know you really can't trust people you can only trust God and when the Bible says to be a friend of God is to be an enemy of the world and to be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God he means it so I know he's in control of all of this you know when it comes down to it when you are depending on other people validation of other people rather than the validation of God that's when he shows you their true colors but that's still favor because he doesn't have to show you their true colors he could let you really believe what they're saying because that's what your heart wants your heart wants to believe them and I can't say I'm better than anybody because so many times I've believed in people so much my heart wants to believe that they want something for me and God is always keeping me and revealing people he doesn't have to do that so I'm always so grateful 
for his mercy and his attentiveness to my purpose and my destiny. And it tells me many things. It tells me that, you know, my purpose and destiny is so much, so far more important than I ever realized, especially before now. Like, I, I kind of got a gist of how important it is now, especially with everything that's going on around me. But before now, he was still, like, walking me, carrying me, leading me, guiding me, holding my hand in, like, every step of the way, you know, leading me into my destiny despite how many mistakes I made. Like, I can't stress enough how there were so many different times where something I've done or or have something I did or have done could have made me lose my faith in God, which I don't feel like would have ever happened, but could have made me lose my faith in God just because, you know, he's, you know, he not, he's not choosing me or just, or something I've done could have just ended my entire like walk. It could have ended my entire life. So just for God to have so much favor and still be with me every step of the way, and wanting me to have this more than I even want myself to have it so many times in my life. For so long, I actually wanted to die. And that's kind of what I mean. Like, I could have died. I could have died. And that's so ungrateful. And God has stressed that to me so much. Like, last year, he stressed to me so much how important it is for me to fight for my life. And if I kill myself, I'm going to hell. He had told me that so many different times as a child. I said, God, I want to die. I want to kill myself. And he said, if you kill yourself, you're going to hell. Do you want to go to hell? And I was like, no, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. He was like, so you can't kill yourself. And I'm like, but God, I still want to die. This is just what I want. I don't want to be here. And God would say, I don't want to hear you talking like that for so long. He would just get so upset. But he would come to me and say, you can pray for anything and I I will provide that for you. And I said, I just want to die. And he said, be careful what you ask for, because you'll get these things when you least expect them. And that scared me, because I know that, you know, God, he is sovereign. Like, when he says stuff, he means it. And if he says that, that's what it is. So it would scare me, but it would never scare me enough to not want to die. I really felt like it was never going to be a time in my life where I wouldn't be happy to die, no matter when it was. And I said, I really thought, like, when I was saying this at 12... I wanted to die, and I thought, and God said, be careful what you ask for, you know. It it might come when you least expect it, and I really thought about that. And as as serious as he was when he said it, I gave that so much thought, and I put so much into that, where I told myself, you know, I should take that serious. I need to take heed, like he said, take heed. I never heard that before God said it, take heed. I had to look it up. It means be warned. And I, I, I did my best to take heed and what I said to myself was let me think let me really put a lot of thought into this and moving forward you know I thought about years later and I thought about when I'm 20 when I'm 30 when I'm 40 when I'm 50 when I'm 80 what I what I regret asking God to die and if I would I need to stop asking for that but for so long I said it doesn't matter when it happens I will be happy to die I do not want to be here. And I put so much thought into this because I looked around like things seem so unfair. I thought about 
how the world it seems like it's just getting worse, not changing. So much things you cannot control in this world and trying to be happy ever here. And I realized, I looked at myself and I realized like I am a selfless person who's always going to be in a way stepped on and stepped over and kicked around. So being happy in this world, I just don't see it unless the world can change. And if it's not peace on earth, like I'm always going to want to die. I'm always going to want to die because there's always going to be, you know, the realization that I, I fight so hard to try and be a good person. And I want so bad to be a good person, but this world won't let me. And if this world won't let me be who I want to be, if this world won't let me be a good person, then I'd rather just die. So for me, it was like, be good or die. Like, and that is something I've done as a child. But God always tell me to be careful. Until one day he came to me, and I talked about this before. He said to me, you know, I was telling him I wanted to die. He said, well, how would your family feel about that? And then, even though at the time, I can't say they were a big part of why I wanted to die, but they kind of were. You know, ultimately, they wouldn't be the reason why I wanted to kill myself. It was really deeper things. Like, I was thinking about how messed up the world is. But, you know, and me feeling like I never fit in here, but... God said, how would your family feel if you die? And I was like, you're right. That was something that really made me really consider not wanting to die and wanting to stay here. But then I ultimately came to the conclusion of I can't live for other people. I can't stay here. I can't, you know, if I'm living for anybody, it's going to be for you, God, because you said if I, if I kill myself, I'm going to hell. So if anything's keeping me here, it's that. But ultimately, to think about how my family would feel, that's not going to keep me from wanting to die because I can't live for them. If I live for them, I probably won't be me. And that's the reason I want to die. Because I can't be me. And that's when I said to God, okay, so I just wish I never existed. And this is when God really started coming to me. And, like, I felt, like, looking back on it, I felt him catering to me. And, like, really being considerate and being very nice about things. Because... Knowing, seeing the side of him now, I realized he could have been way harsh, way more harsh. Like, you know, do it, you know, not even do it. Like, God would never say that he loves us. But, like, I don't want to hear you saying that. And it hurts me more to hear you say that. So, you know, I'm just going to let you, you know, do what you're doing, whatever. Or I'm just going to let you go your way, whatever. He could have just stopped keeping me in that moment. But he didn't. He always stayed with me. And I just feel like, you know, something, something that God really, that I just asked that never existed. And he, he came to me and he said to me, you know, <clears throat> he said that. He was just catering to me. Like I, I guess he realized it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't leaving. Like it wasn't going anywhere. Like God knew that I wasn't just doing that for for attention. Or I don't know. God knows better than I do. But I felt like I wasn't doing that for attention. I really wanted that, or so I thought. And like 
I guess it wasn't leaving my mind or my heart even as I would go on with my day and still have to live and have to move forward. It would just stay for years. So God was just like, you know, catering to me around a certain time. And it's around the time I was 12 and 13. And he was just like, you know, anything you ask for, just pray to me. Anything you ask for, I will give it to you. Anything you ask for, I will give it to you. And I felt him catering to me and asked me, what do I want? What do I want? And I was just like, I want to die. Like, and I was so serious. You said you would give me anything. You said I can have anything. Why can't I have that? That's all I want. I just don't want to be here anymore. And God is just like, you know, you know, he said, be careful what you ask for. And it comes when you least expect it. And all of these, all these warnings. But one day, as I was just down and wanting to die, and just praying to God, like, God, I'm asking you for this. You said, asking you shall receive. I'm asking you for this. And I didn't understand the Bible completely, but that's part of the reason I wanted to die. Because I always wanted to be in church. I always wanted to be taught about the Bible. I always wanted to read the Bible. I always wanted to be closer to God. And I just always hit a roadblock, no matter how much I prayed. And I prayed about that a million times, too. Feeling like if you anybody could save me, it's you. And... One day, he talked to something, somebody. He wasn't talking to me. I realized he was not talking to me. And all I know is he just got angry. He got angry. He got so sick and tired of me asking to die. And at this moment, I felt God's anger. And his anger always scares me. But I just, I, I was too sad, too depressed, to you know, be scared out of wanting to die. I really just wanted to die. And how can you scare somebody at that point? At that point, you know, how can you be mad at me for wanting to be dead? I already want to be dead. I already feel dead, you know. But it's like, at the same time, I care what God says. So I heard him talking to something in me, in me. And he got so mad, he snapped. He was talking to me. He was comforting me. And I'm just like, I just want to die. I just want to die. And I was not saying anything else. And I didn't want to hear anything else. And he's just like, you know, trying to comfort me throughout the days. And I just, I didn't care. I cared, but I just, I couldn't. I couldn't want anything else. And then he snapped. And I heard him get mad. And he was like, I can't. He, he has a heavenly language. But I know what he said. He said, um... Your time is going to be up on such and such and such. And he snapped. He snapped. And he was like, your time is going to be up on such and such and such. And I'm like, who is he talking to? And I heard something talking back to him that was not me. Like, I'm sitting there still down. I'm like, what's going on? I was somewhere else. Like, when, and I see it now. Like, when, when the demons start coming out of people, when they snap back, they're like, what happened? Wait, where was I? That's what happened, and he was talking to the demon that was inside of me that was causing this depression that that made me want to kill myself, and that was trying to kill me. And God told me, like last year, He said, "You have a you have you had a demon in you your whole life that's been trying to kill you. Satan has been trying to kill you to keep you from this very assignment, to keep you from your purpose and your destiny, to keep you from becoming who you are. And I've been I've been protecting you your whole life, making sure you got here." <laughs> You have no idea 
the angels in the favor on your life, the angels I've sent to protect you. But actually, Jesus told me, I protect you personally. A lot of people, they get angels sent to protect them, but he said, I protect you personally. And so, all I know is the demon said something like, I'm going to kill her. I'm taking her with me. Or something like that. Like the demon's like, I'm going to kill her and I'm never going anywhere. And God was like, you know, your time is going to be up on such and such and such. And that was the first time. Because I feel like I had been living with this demon. Clearly, I knew this demon was there. But I've been a demon hunter my whole life. So, you know, I don't doubt that I did. But I didn't at the same time. Like, it's a disconnect from my subconscious and, or my spirit and my natural mind. So, because of this demon. So, the demon was finally stopped. Finally was shook. Like, never had been shook ever before. As many times I tried to kill myself. As many times as I just prayed to God and was in his presence and this demon was bold enough to sit up there and ask for death to God, like, through me. Like, this demon had never been afraid of, like, this demon's fear of God, but this demon was, I felt like the demon should have been scared to even be in my prayers to God. But this demon was bold enough to sit, sit in God's face and, you know, ask me, have me ask God for death. So finally God snapped and told the demon when the time was going to be up. And the demon was like finally shook. I felt the demon like tremble and like stop in his tracks. Like, I'm going to die. And the demon was just like, I'm going to die. I'm really going to die. No. And that was the first time I ever heard that demon get scared of anything. Like, demons are bold. You know, they will really feel like. You know, they like they control your life. They control your destiny. You're never going to amount to anything. And they actually succeed at convincing people of these things. Without God, they will succeed. They do succeed. But this demon was so bold. Like, this is my life. This is my body. And I'm going to kill her. I'm going to, like, I'm, I'm taking her to hell or something like that. And when God said this exact date that this demon was time was up, this demon stopped in his tracks and actually started, like, was so afraid. Like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm really going to die. I'm going to die. And I was like, yes, I'm going to die. I want to die. That's what I was thinking because I was under such a spell. But God was like, that's when God snapped back to talk to me. Once that demon was like. You know, I'm going to die. I'm really going to die. And he's like, that's, that, that is, you know, that is, that is Adonai. That is Alpha and Omega. They didn't say that word. They didn't say Adonai, but they said, that's God. That's Alpha and Omega. He doesn't tell a lie. If he told you the exact date, that's when you're dying. God said the exact day. The exact day. And I didn't catch it. I didn't catch the exact day because God didn't want me to know it yet. It wasn't time for me to know. But I just didn't, I almost didn't care. I mean, I cared when that when that happened. But after that, he he directed his attention back to me. And he said to me, you have a purpose and you have a destiny. And he said that, you know, do you want to see it? Do you want to know your purpose and your destiny? And I was like, at first I was like, I don't care. I don't want to, I just want to die. He snapped me out of it. And I was like, I want nothing more. I want nothing more than to know my purpose and my destiny. 
I would love to know. And I realized that, like, that was my first response because that wasn't me. So when he showed me my purpose and my destiny, like, I went somewhere and I saw something. I saw everything. But when I came back, he took it back. And he was like, but I knew it happened. When I came back, I was gasping for air and wheezing like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. And then he snapped me back out of it. You're okay. You're okay. But that's going to happen. And I was like, you know, I realized what had happened. And then I was just like, at first I was scared, so scared. And I realized that's what I am now. I am scared now, right now. So that's what that was. But when I came back to and he snapped me out of it, I felt nothing. I felt right back to normal. Like, whoa, what did I just see? And I had, I caught myself trying to remember what I had seen. And God, I feel like God was smirking in a demon face. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know what just happened. And I felt it. I felt it like, you know. He wants this for me. He's so tired of this demon. And he didn't have to stand up for me like that, but he did. And I eventually went on like nothing happened, but I I did remember like I I just remember that happening and my 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 little personal time private time with God when I used to pray, I took it seriously. But I just when you know God is always with you, you almost like I don't say you get used to Him because you never get used to when He moves here in life. But you know, you know that it's all the time. You know that it's all the time. When you're aware, it's all the time. You're aware, it's all the time. But you still don't know. That's the weird part about it. I still didn't know. But that wasn't me that didn't know. That was the demon that didn't know. Because God has a way of hiding himself. Or he doesn't have to hide. God doesn't hide. Our Father doesn't hide. But Jesus has a way of being there. And in the Bible, it says that he hid himself. So, you know, Jesus has a way of, well, what it is, is when you're in God's presence, they are not there they're not aware they think that they're doing what they're doing and controlling everything but the whole time you are spiritually in God's presence when you're praying and they are not able to be there it's a whole block so when you come back they don't know you know and that's why we don't have the connection that we already have seen God we we have already seen him we've already heard him our whole lives we've been hearing and seeing him and being in his presence at his feet. We've seen the throne room. We've seen heaven. We've been there. We have that in us. We don't know it because there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. So that's why when I saw God last year in his throne room, I said, wow, this is so beautiful. But then God had revealed to me, you've always known I've looked like this. You've all, I was like, wow, this is what you look like. He's, he snapped me. He's like, you always, you've always known. that he doesn't, he doesn't have to snap, but he just revealed to me. You've always known that I look like this. And that's when I was like, I did. I've always known you look like this. Always. I've always known you were black. I've always known that my whole life. This is why when I see white Jesus, I still praise white Jesus, you know, or my whole life, I've still praised white Jesus like there's no difference because God has been telling me the whole time, you know, you know who I am, so that shouldn't affect you or bother you. You should be able to worship me because it's not about color because you know who I am. I won't say it's not about color, but that shouldn't stop you from worshiping and praising me because you know who I am. And 
ultimately love everybody anyways. And when I noticed that I knew what God looked like the whole time, I'm like, in a way, I never questioned. I never said, I never really said, I, I believe in God when I see him. And I see that's why. I know that's why now. And it's because I've always seen you. I've always known what you look like. And that, and that you know, shook me because I'm like, I subconsciously always, I wouldn't say subconscious, but it has nothing to do with the conscious or subconscious mind. It's spiritually. I've always spiritually known what you look like. I've been in your presence my whole life. You've raised me. You've trained me up. And just when I came back, jumping back to, you know, when he showed me my purpose and my destiny, when I came back to, I was like, what was that tonight? Like, I had never experienced nothing like that in my life. So I knew that that was something that was different. And around this time, like, I remember being asked so many times, do you believe in magic? And I was just like, I want to, I wish I had magic. But, like, I never seen it. And I don't feel like I'll ever be able to have magic, really. Well, I believe God can do whatever. But now, last year, after, you know, worship, this year, worshiping all I know is I snapped to that I was as I worshiped and I fell and a demon was coming off of me the veil was coming off my mind you know everything was coming off of me I saw the same thing I seen when I was 12 now I can't let it go I'm not supposed to but I saw everything I seen when I was 12 and all I could think about is how much I've been fighting what I'm doing and how much I've been trying to run and how much, how, how everybody, everybody is trying to keep me from doing this. And if I had listened, if I had run, like I never was going to because I'm here. But if I had really left, I would have never gotten to that point. But that was never going to happen. Just like when he told that demon that day, because I had forgotten all about that day. Just like he told that demon that day, the exact date that that demon was going to die and be like literally sent, like removed. No, die. Because the demon said, I'm going to die. And this demon has grown up with me. This demon has controlled my life. This demon has caused me to do and destroy so many different things in my life, so many aspects about myself. There's a disconnect in my mind where I'm very intelligent, but at a certain age, it's cut off. I'm not even able to access most of this information. And when I learn, you know, a lot of it gets lost and scrambled. And I remember one day being in school and I was learning and I was doing so well. And the demon said to, to me, you don't have any more space in your mind for any more information. That's it. You can't learn anything else. I was in the fourth grade. I was like, but I still have the rest of my life to learn stuff. How can I not have any more space? And God was like, ignore that. You, ha- there's, you will never not have enough space for more information. You never run out of space in your mind. And he cut that demon off. But the demon really tried to make me believe. And I almost felt 
I didn't have any more space to learn anything else, but I wasn't going to stop trying. I had said to myself, I don't care if I'm not having more space. I'm going to keep learning. And the demon's like, well, you can't. There's no space. Where is it going? Like, you're going to have to release something. You're going to have to let go of some information. And I'm just like, I don't know how to do that. And fighting this demon. And God is like, don't listen to that. You can learn. Keep learning. And after that, the demon, you know, I think the demon, like, just took a step back. Because it never left. It just took a step back. And... I just remember every time I was in school just falling asleep. I would sleep through grades and you know almost almost was held back for it. But every single time I woke up, I would pass every test. Even though I slept through the entire class, I slept through the entire lesson. I would pass every test. And there was this there was this time where I was like I was really good at math. I was so, so good at math. Like, in my mind, I'm calculating so many things, and I couldn't wait to get to higher grades where I was learning this kind of information and make be able to calculate and figure out anything in the world just by numbers. You can do and figure out anything. Like, you can do basketball. You can really be a star basketball player if you're really smart and you, and you know math. Or even science. This kind of stuff. I couldn't wait for this stuff. And I remember trying to calculate things in my mind and a lot of times I would calculate things and figure it out but then right when I was about to write the answer down right when I was about to like grasp the answer it's gone everything scrambled and thrown up and tossed all around so I started doubting myself I'm like I'm really good and I know I can do it but why can't I ever grasp the answer and then I have to do it all over again a million times in my mind I'm doing everything over a million times because everything's being scrambled all over Every time I try and come to an answer, then I have to do it slower and really, really, really slow. And then I still have to go over it. And then I'm not even allowed to go over it a lot of times. Like, every single time I want to go over it, it's like that something clicks. You don't have to go over that. Just send that in. And so many different times I have, you know, work has been given back to me or passed back to me because of simple mistakes. Like, a number is on the other side or you know I skipped a question or I skipped I skipped a question like just simple mistakes that if I had just been paying attention wouldn't have happened I would have gotten a really good score I like I know this already I knew it all but I'm failing because of not going over my work and my teacher would say go over your work two or three times and I would go off my work and I was this stuff was still happening and I knew it wasn't me I knew it wasn't me so when it's time to pass tests I asked God for help or when it's time to take tests, I ask God for help. Excuse me. Excuse me. I ask God for help with my test. And I said, God, don't think I'm trying to cheat. I'm not trying to cheat. He's like, yeah, good, because if you cheat, you're only cheating yourself. I'm, like, I'm not trying to cheat, but can you help me? And I feel like in this moment, I must realize that the demon was stopping me. I knew this work, and I knew the information, but the demon is stopping me from, you know, putting this putting putting the, the answers on a piece of paper like actually working things out and so god is like okay i understand i'll help you and he tell he tells me to write the first thing down that comes to mind but every single time i try to write down the first the first answer that comes to mind here comes this demon scrambling it all around like 
you know, I don't have a first thing comes to mind now. And I was like the second or third or, or 50th thing because I already then thought, thought a million different things. So I just realized, you know, the demon was doing that. And I, I pleaded with God, like, help me, God, you know, and because I can't do this and I don't know what's wrong with me. And it was just so much going on. I was not in a very hyper child. I was very focused. It was the demon. And so God, one day, he was like, okay, I'll help you. And I prayed. I said, God, please give me the answers. Give me the answers. And when I did that, I sped through all of it because I couldn't get my first answer. Like, I just sped through everything. I said, if it's the first answer that comes to mind, I'm just going to die. Any answer, that's the first answer that comes to mind. So I dotted every answer and sped through the test. And then I, my test came back accelerated. So I don't know if this part is true. because I, I, This might have been the part where the demon tried to intervene and make me feel like, you know, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Or like um, just to, you know, diminish my confidence. But... All I know is the demon was like the smart kid that you sit next to because my teacher noticed I was very smart sitting in the back of the class, but I always fall asleep and be distracted by conversations. So she moved me next to the smart kid in the middle and like towards the front of the class. When I first started sitting next to this kid, we had to team up and do work together. For the first like few months, he cover his paper because he thought I was going to copy off his answers like I was stupid then once we started actually doing the work together he realized like I was smarter than him I think he did I won't say smarter than him but all I know is that he realized I was very smart and he actually started like looking at my answers and trying to work with me to like go over his answers to make sure he had the right answers so I knew I was very smart and smart enough to be doing the work and my teacher made the right move but that's what good teachers do but all I know is, you know, when I took this test, you know, God told me he saw you putting your answers down on your test. I don't know if this is God because I said it might be the demon. He saw you put your answers down on your test and he erased your name and switched your, name, switched your names on your test because he's more confident in your answers and your intelligence than his own. And he was one of the smartest kids in class. And I thought to myself, maybe that's because of the speed thing. Like, I just went through it. But next thing I know, when test scores came back, he had his parents come, to, come up to the school and ask for a retest because he didn't believe in his answer. So I said, maybe that's true because that might have been mine. I just sped through and circled anything. And maybe he really switched our names, but he couldn't. He didn't want to admit that he did that. But regardless of anything, for him to have switched our names, he must have had more confidence in my intelligence than, he's, than his own. Because if he really felt like he was smarter than me, he would have never done that. But regardless, though, you know, despite that, he would always, you know, double check with me. And well, he, 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 he ended up figuring out, you know, that... I'm smart. I'm very smart. And I get this work really fast. I catch on quick. I'm a fast learner. And he would double check my work. But I already knew that. I never did any homework. And I kept a B average. And I would fall asleep and still wake up and get at least, you know, a C or a B on a test. Even though I slept through the entire lesson. I was always advanced. Then when I took advanced 
the test for advanced classes, I was advanced in math. But it's funny because I was I hated math. I thought I hated math. And when I was at home, I would calculate stuff in my mind. And then one day my dad just yelled out to me, hey, you're a mathematician. And God had just said that to me in my head. He was like, you're a mathematician. And I was like, I would love to be a mathematician, but I'm not a mathematician because I can't ever get to figure out the answer and get it and get it right and actually settle on an answer. And I didn't know why. But God is like, you're a mathematician. I'm telling you, you need to know that you're a mathematician. Take it serious. God had just said that to me. But I'm like, I don't know why I can't just get the answers right then. So, or why every time I go over things, I still skip things. Or every single time I'm trying to take these take these answers or get the answers right, I have to go super slow. Like I was really good reader, really fast reader. I would stay in the house and read books all day. But then when I really wanted the work or the the actual whatever it was saying to actually settle into my mind, I had to read very, very slow and it still wouldn't work. So I found myself just reading and not actually retaining any information, even though I retained all of it. I couldn't access it. So one day I said to God, God, why can't I access any of this information? I feel myself retaining it, but what's going on? And God said one day, he said, be careful how many times you read stuff over because I would read stuff over a million times because I wasn't I thought I wasn't I couldn't it wasn't connecting and God said be careful how many times you read stuff over because one day all of that information you're going to have access to just like your prayer because I pray to God I'm like God can I have access to all my information I don't know what's going on and God said one day you're going to have access to all the information your head's going to hurt because you read it over a million times and I was like I can't wait for that to happen, but I don't believe that because I can't get it no matter how many times I read it. And he would stop me from reading stuff over and over again. He said, just let it go. So now I notice as I'm fighting and worshiping God, you know, I'm getting access to all this information, all these memories. God, I prayed to God. I said, God, I want to remember everything that ever happened to me ever since I was a child. Like, even when I was a baby, from the second I opened my eyes, if possible, even when I was in the stomach. <laughs> and God is like, like, I don't know why I ask for stuff like this, but he's like, okay. And then while I'm worshiping, he's telling me, you're going to get that. You're going to get that. Like, you're, he, he's asked me, what was your earliest memory, memory that you remember right now? So that I can refer back to it. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't remember. And he's like, you're going to get everything back. But the, the the sad part about this is as I'm fighting, you know, Satan's trying to take more from me. As I'm trying to get more and get everything back, Satan's like, I'm going to take everything that you started with, everything that you would have, and more. So I feel myself fighting for this information, and that's pretty much what I'm going through but the demon has been doing this my whole life trying to keep me from this information and God is telling me that but he's always kept me and he always knew it was going to come a time where I was getting everything back and then some excuse me in a vision where he showed me my future like everything was locked in everything was locked in it was so different because my mind was so set on I was never indecisive. So I know that being indecisive is a demon. And 
I was very smart. I couldn't know everything. Nobody can know everything. Only God knows everything. But I knew so much. And God would always tell me, like, you should, I know that you would love to read the books in my library. There's heaven, a heavenly library. And I've always dreamed of being able to read those books and retain that information. But he's telling me, like, you know, you can have it. You can have that one day. But as I'm fighting these demons, the reason for me saying all of this and going over all of this, because as I'm fighting these demons, I realize all of this stuff is coming into play. Everything, every single last thing. Even though I have forgotten it over my teen years, I have forgotten about all of this. Even even when I was like five and I asked God, he said, what do you want most in the world? What is your life's dream? And I said, I just want to make it into heaven. All of this coming into play right now. I realize that's what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting so hard. So what scares me is that I may not get it or I may not have it or I may fail. But if God said I'm going to have it, how can I fail? But if I can't fail, then why am I being tormented into believing that, you know, I won't have it? Or why is, you know, why is there a feeling like I still have to fight? Or, But that's why I question how much power Satan really has. And God is revealing to me he doesn't have any power. He just only has the power that you give him. But does that mean that I can actually give him the power for this to not happen, even though God is saying it's going to happen anyways? Absolutely not. But that's what's so confusing. And again, my mind, it makes way more sense in my mind than it sounds like what I'm saying it. But what I'm saying is, if I can't not have it, then why does it feel like the things that I am doing can actually hinder that outcome? Or anything that I can do can stop that from happening. Unless there's nothing I can do to stop that from happening. And if that is the case, what is the point of being intentional about anything? But of course there's a point of being intentional. That's what got me to this point. Every decision that I make is placing me where I am now. But there's no decision that I can make can keep me from getting from where I'm going to be. It's confusing. But I know I'll fi- it'll all make sense once... It works out.